actual government of Ethiopia. So, yeah, it's interesting that she's focused on Tigray. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever. But yeah, good, good stuff, I would say, overall. We'll come back to it. Okay, yeah, this relative. <laughs> All right, Sam, tell me about this next tweet. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I, um, how to move a thousand people only places with seemingly limit unlimited space come up with the idea of building car reliant megacity sooner or later such systems will crash or should i say come to a standstill building rail infrastructure into an existing car-based city is very expensive but yeah to, the main point that is just trying to make is that how many cars and how many buses it would take to move a thousand people around and yeah just one train with, I don't you know, understand. With four segments, with four cars, can carry a thousand people. No, okay, but I don't. Only no, is he saying that's a good thing or a bad thing? I don't understand. His yeah, th- th- that part. I'm more into the graphic. <laughs> I'm also oh, right. with <laughs> yeah. But yeah. All right. And no, my no, point I... is just that you know it's funny because. You know, you think that like, you know, with, with advancements of technologies, there's always like a newer and better way of doing things. But some of these older forms of transportation, such as bicycles and such as trains, really have stood the test of time. If you ask I don't me. Think I know it's trains a, have. Yeah. I don't think trains have really. I think the investment think hasn't been made in them, but they still, wherever they are, they still prove, you know, how good no, and reliant no, no, and no, efficient I, they are. They are reliable and efficient, but they're not that environmentally friendly. They cause extreme damage to the environmental surrounding them. So, okay, they don't do CO2 as much as cars, but you have to basically destroy the whole landscape. But you also do the same thing for cars and stuff. So, I mean, I don't see... No, but airplanes are so much more... Like, if, for example, if you have two cities, one in north of Iran, one in south of Iran, it makes so much more sense to have to build two air uh to build two airports yeah. rather than just destroy like miles and miles of nature with a ra- rail uh line so i don't know i'm I mean, not there's a big definitely fan of rail that. there's definitely that but i mean a i don't know if that is worse than the emissions you know you have to like look and compare if that is worse than you know the emissions that are caused you know because of Depends on the plane and depends on the train. Yeah, and the the destruction of the landscape, I mean, yeah, it it is miles and miles long, but, you know, perhaps it's not as... I mean, yeah, I've heard you say that before, but, yeah, I don't know compared to other things um, how much worse it is compared to alternatives or other things that we do with nature. I think cars are definitely worse because they both need roads and they are constantly being like yeah and I, listen they all everything has their own efficiency but, and and their I, own like setbacks and benefits i just find that i would no no i would differentiate between egg like i am very much up for improving the existing rail infrastructure and like upgrading trains to not using carbon blah but i'm just not a big fan of like you know making new railways instead of and i never understand why everybody hates airplanes this much and are okay with airplanes and all the other fucking shitty transportation I mean, systems like ships ships are fucking they they make so much noise and pollutions that uh, animals commit suicide like, yeah yeah no they all have their you know none of them you know have no 
downfalls or anything like that. But, but you but know, trains also is... can be used by many more, much more people. It's typically cheaper, far cheaper, you know, depending. So it has all these advantages. I mean, I don't think, you know, in India, they have a lot of trains. No, but I'm guessing replacing those choice. with airplane. No, cheaper for the people. People. No, that's yeah, a because choice of the government if they because they're subsidized to an extent. No, I mean, they no subsidized train. Thing. You mean? Yeah, but no, no. If they subsidize air travel, like yeah. they subsidize uh, trains and railways, then there wouldn't be it would be as cheap. Yeah, if it were possible, man. Like you know, like like we said, like only like ten to fifteen percent of the population in any given year takes you know an airplane. Air. So travel. yeah. If it was, but yeah, no, and they they all have their sorry um, for yeah, ups and downs. From... No, not at all, not at all. But what's this? What, what can you pronounce the guy's family name? Oh, I don't know, Simon Kustenmacher. <laughs> okay, just wanted to make sure yeah, I'm not being weird in Kusten Kustenmacher. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's interesting guy. But yeah, let's keep on moving. Okay, the next slide, I think the next tweet is uh, more interesting even. Uh, George Monbiot wrote, I now get my oat milk delivered by the milk float in glass bottles. Okay, congrats if that's something you're into. No what cows were kicked float? in producing it. Um, and its environmental impact is much smaller than dairies. So once again, let's forget about his tweet, really. And I just wanted to highlight the different emissions, land use, and water associated with different kinds of milk. And oat milk, which is my personal favorite, I see ranks second to last in terms of emission, land use, and his water is much less than almond and rice milk. So that's good. But people what, what use is, these too much. What is like, milk float? I don't get it. Um, deliver? But I guess like, you know, you know how like back in the day they would come and deliver milk to your house? Maybe that's oh, what the system company. is called. Maybe that's oh, what it's called. Sorry. I mean. Oh, sorry. So, okay. Yeah. And so he's saying oat milk is... Yeah, but I'm sorry, but okay, so what? Like, as in people should adopt this? Yeah, they're just highlighting, you know, the environmental impact. How sure, but of, I mean... Of dairy milk compared to other substitutes. Okay, but I, I just don't think this is a... Like, the idea of trying to change the behavior of people mm. is a good way of fighting climate change, so... But if people, okay. though, you're right. I mean, like we've talked about, you know, it has to come from government level you know if it's going to have that kind of impact but no i mean just for you to know yourself you know all right what, what the difference yeah. is but i mean i I've would add i just had the oat milk by the way yeah it's the only one if you ask me that actually tastes good <laughs> because i don't like soy milk i don't like rice milk i don't like almond milk but i don't really use any of them because you know i don't like milk to be honest yeah <laughs> so... no, you know milk is funny people really come to milk's defense i think we've talked about this but then when you grill them <laughs> they don't really use milk themselves anymore once they become adults maybe they put a little bit in their like tea or coffee but you know you don't see that many adults walking around drinking glasses of milk you know at least i have well seen. no not glasses of milk but my dad and cereals and milk have a long standing yeah just for a little <laughs> cereal, yeah. and my, my mom and oatmeal you know they should you know so you know there is a long i don't know well i i hate milk in general i must i never liked it and it's not even that healthy from what i understand yeah so that's I my understanding as well no when i was a kid i um i used to like it i mean you know i drank it no. so much that i actually used to find it like refreshing and like for instance if i'm really thirsty a glass of milk i would prefer a glass of milk than like coke or something that wouldn't do anything. really yeah 
Wow, no, I hate milk. I, I like duk. I love duk. <laughs> yeah, that's which good. Which is Iranian salt. I'll bring fresh. you the emissions and land use of milk based with if you use this one that's made from cockroach leftovers milk of a special kind of bird known as a crow <laughs> okay and last yeah. sweet just to leave us in a good mood I don't know what it is man David Sir wrote my view right now so it's just a California I've oh, never been off. to California but like through the picture you get like some kind of enjoyment and relaxation like I know that California is really hot but I feel like yeah. the hot weather there would be nice I don't know in my head I really romanticize California I, like I feel like if I lived in California I'd be a different person and do all kinds of things I don't like I'm like you know if I lived in California I would really go around and you know walk and go for hikes maybe skateboard in the street go to a restaurant i know none of those will happen i would just <laughs> sit at home <laughs> i don't know something about california maybe it's all these shows stop stop saying california it just keeps reminding me of oc yeah california California. Maybe it's that, but I don't. Know. <laughs> I think OC factors. Yeah, no, I. I don't know I, if you get I, that kind of vibe from California. Like you know, there's a reason I, why this picture is good. I don't know I if you it. take this anywhere else, it wouldn't make sense. But I don't know. I I no, I've <laughs> never. I I'm more. I I've always fantasized about like living in places like London or. Like Glasgow, somewhere yeah. where it rains and it's dark. It's no. black and white, basically. It's you know, so Hollywood. Like this picture kind of reminds me of the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm. with uh, the 60s. And, but yeah, I guess David Sorrento is just showing off now. I love yeah. this guy, by the way. So yeah, good for him. Yeah. But they just changed the name of their thing as well. Finally, their you know daily poster. The mm. newsletter he emails oh, okay people. yeah i don't have that he changed the name to the lever oh, i see okay very nice yeah. all right um that's it with my sorry for the <laughs> anti-california <laughs> i love to visit california i would love to i always yeah. i when i was a kid i wanted to go to san diego to mm, comic yeah. con but then it became so lame like suddenly we think like in 2000 like it was peaking for a couple of years it was so good it was so edgy so cool and all that and then suddenly it just became shit yeah like, really so I'm, yeah i see yeah not too much into it but, but at one point it was so chinese theater oh chinese theater what's that it's a famous cinema in la oh, okay I see. it's very i think it's a very famous like i see but yeah you mentioned comic-con and then it reminded me of entourage for instance So, you know, there's all these shows that take part in L.A. and California and life looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> But don't ask Anna Kasparian because she'll tell you about the homeless people and how. <laughs> and and how the that has criminal been. gangs. <laughs> I feel like Joe Rogan and Anna Kasparian could form a nice duo of like anti-California L.A. stuff. I mean, Joe Rogan hates it. No, no, He moved not from the, there. Uh, no, and- man, they, they are perfect. Anna likes know, it, but, you know, well, the homeless are kind of ruining it and some other things like that. Has apparently. he moved from California away? Has Who, Cenk, Anna? He's not moving. In, he's no, not no, moving. I said. No, no, Cenk. 
I didn't say Jank. I said Anna and uh, Joe Rogan. Did I say Jank? Anna is not oh, in no 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 I'm so Anna mad. is not in LA. Anna is in LA, right? But nowadays right. she's not really loving the I... homeless aspect and stuff, so complaining about All that. Right. And then I was saying Joe Rogan. I mean, he got up and left. That's how much Move he doesn't to... like the yeah. I feel like Jenk and Anna are perfect. Like I I I've never yeah, been but I said Joe and Anna, that was LA, but I know so many. Oh <laughs> no, yeah, but uh, yeah, I think they are so perfectly California like everybody they remind me of so many people I've seen from that region let's say and you know just nagging about homeless <laughs> oh my god can you believe it and then Anna mm, yeah yeah homeless people <laughs> fuck them <laughs> yeah. yeah that was an Fun interesting people. one but no, I, I must say my problem with Florida and California, all these. Whoa, whoa don't 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 put them style. together. Don't put them together. They are very similar. They both not in my Disneyland. head. <laughs> not in your head. Yes, you're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> but I must say, any place where for like like hot places, man, hot places is where style dies really. Like, and the Hawaiian shirts come out and shorts come out and sandals and oh, oh my god I just, I, I'm good with everything until, until sandals I don't mind shorts I like <laughs> shorts and I like wearing t-shirts you don't mind Hawaiian shirts Hawaiian shirts with like signs with the palm I mean, trees and... no. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't wear it if and, I don't look hats. like some boomers that no uh, well I don't like hats too much but I don't like the rest I, the, I don't mind the rest do you like shorts and... with the what's that hawaiian thing they have they put on you when you enter oh my god it's the colors it's disgusting like oh just like I, uh, yeah hawaii no, must be super nice and beautiful too but i mean it's different sounds hot and sweaty and not very stylish i'd rather go to i don't know stockholm somewhere <laughs> i can wear it overcoat i like yeah i mean i don't know how stylish people are maybe in stockholm norway i I doubt it (laughs) yeah i said no maybe (laughs) stockholm norway Norway or finland i'm not too sure you would get any of that but maybe in stockholm i have a feeling yeah i mean i must say i have a feeling when i go there in reality instead of seeing a lot of people with overcoats i see with a lot of people with something i hate which is those jack plastic jackets with the what are those? Oh, come that on. They... You need those. Okay. I, hate I exaggerate those. that I some hate are those. too crazy. <laughs> what is that? You look... you look like a bubble boy, like walking. And... Okay, it's but now that's plastic. like in Seinfeld. George gets one of those. But I mean, that's yes, a bit yes. exaggerated. <laughs> there are much smaller versions that you can. I hate them. I hate them. I hate the way they design, the way they feel, the way they look. No. You look like a turtle. What is this? Like a... No, oh, no, my no. God, it's disgusting. I what is, what is that quality? Is that plastic? Or is no. That... I mean, they're just different types. And if like it's a good quality one, it will feel better. But anyway, should we move on to some news? Sure. <laughs> sure. I guess. <laughs> All right, Sam. So let's move on to the topic of this. Not this month. Well, this month, and let's call it the first quarter of the year. <laughs> Using some business terms here, which is Russia, Ukraine. <laughs> 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 they always talk in quarters in case they know, but I mean, it's useful, not making fun of it. Um, but yeah, Russia, Ukraine, why don't you get us going in this first quarter? Yeah. As this first quarter so, is coming to an end. Sorry, I'm done with the quarter. Yeah, though. this is. <laughs> no, I think you keep on the quarter. 
But uh, yeah, no, I, I think uh, let's we're gonna discuss basically Ukraine. It's gonna be a long one, so if you're interested, uh, sort of strap yourself in. And uh, let's just start with uh, okay. So the war in the Ukraine is sadly continuing, as you all know. More people, innocent people, are dying. Russians are saying that they are, um, you know, uh, they, everything is going according to plans, but the. European and American sources are going that they've been assaulted, they've been surrounded even in some parts in Kiev and they, are, they have to backtrack and all that. Then you have the analysts that are like not part of establishment like Scott Ritter and Colonel McLeod Gregor who says that the fact that Russia has not advanced is part of his strategy because they want to make Zelensky uh, submit to their demands and they know if they get rid of Zelensky uh, or if they've conquered the country then he won't be he won't have the legitimacy or somebody in his place won't have the legitimacy to like for example uh, implement a deal with mm-hmm. Russia That's so it's going to become a civil war so it could become a civil war so the Russians don't want that either that was a Scott Ritter I mean Scott Ritter went as far as as far as arguing that there is potentially a couple of people near to Zelensky are probably Russian spies mm-hmm. uh, 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 with a mission to save him in case if right-wing uh, Ukrainians want to murder him because right-wing mm-hmm. Ukrainians has have openly said that if he compromises too much, they might murder him and all that. So basically nobody knows. Everybody's lying. And uh, yeah. That's, wow. <laughs> yeah, that, that part I, I hadn't heard that that second part, but that's also yeah. I mean, they rather keep Zelensky and all that. And the other part of the argument that uh, McGregor and stuff are making is that you know they don't want to completely destroy. You know, they don't want to completely destroy because then they'll also lose some legitimacy and and all of this as well. But and, um, and yeah. look, there is a like there's a I was just I, I was looking at some stuff about the Iraq war. For example, one of the reasons why in Vietnam and Iraq Americans did so much bombings was because you know they would have contractors coming in to build those places up again. Mm-hmm. Russians don't necessarily have those contractors or yeah. that much money, so they don't want to be involved in a, a state building projects yeah. later on. So uh, yeah. But uh, the, the starting on the more news and stuff, the one fascinating thing, which I think uh, the, we're going to talk about some another, the Hill point this out, is that, you know, we it's all said that Zelensky, this hero of yeah. democracy, Zelensky, Ukraine's worries for every... First of all, it's, it's like the Iranian guy I was making fun of who was fighting with the English guy that, yeah, this is a letdown for whole of Iran. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop trying to drag everybody else with you. I'm sorry, Zelensky. You allowed your own country to descend into fucking war. No, it's just, no, this is the war for the whole of Europe. This is a war for the whole of the democracy and yeah. freedom of the world. Fuck off. I'm sorry. I just keep trying. Like somebody who's in a fight, you know, is getting his ass beaten to shit. And he's like, Sam, this is a fight for you too. Yeah. Like no, but, this is but let me just say up. something. The one one thing that I guess I've been a little bit surprised. I mean, a the Europeans they don't seem to mind this narrative too much, right? Like the you know Ukrainians are you know protecting Europe and democracy. Yeah, right? But the other one is that you know like, I mean, I guess I'm really not I'm really not a good person like that, or I guess it depends how you see that. But I have been surprised at least hearing anecdotally 
like relatively famous people like some fighters and things like that and people like actually and you heard others in New York Times they wrote so there has to be some truth to this but people literally flying back to Ukraine to literally take part in this war what kind of people do you think they are yeah I mean, same kind of people who went to Syria to fight. I mean I'm yeah. sorry but if you go to fight for any reason you're pretty I don't know you're yeah, I mean, like, I don't know how, I don't know how to pass we judgment because Orville let's say if really, if really, like, you know, if it was really like extremely, um, you know, you think particularly not legitimate and, you know, you should, you're going to go and defend your, your land and stuff and you don't have any under like agendas and all this. So, you know, I don't want to pass too much of a harsh judgment. My, my, my real thing is I was actually surprised that even if some of this reporting is not right, even if like half of it is right, it's maybe yeah maybe it is part of all kinds of war and this one it's being framed differently and presented differently because you know they're they're good guys but yeah is. for you that didn't i mean um, i catch your I attention think, much or anything like that i mean it did but i think it's like like i'm sorry but if you go fight in a war you're either naive or a psychopath and in either case i don't really care so yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I guess. glad you're busy. <laughs> and yeah. let, let me ask you one more thing. Also, I mean, one other thing in the narrative. I'm not talking then, about. Yeah. By the way, I'm not talking about somebody who's a, you know, whose mother is in Ukraine and has to go back and bring her back because she has nobody else. I'm talking about somebody like I'm mostly talking about these idiot American, European, some few I think Iranians that you know go fight like oh we saw democracy falling and we want to go if oh fuck off like um yeah good go yeah no democracy all that for sure i mean if someone says you know Just i really feel like enemy. ukraine's my home and all this and i'm gonna go fight in the land no, like ukrainian if they frame, yeah ukrainian foreign. ukrainian okay that's fair okay that's yeah. a different no i was talking about ukrainians living oh, abroad right, no, and, and flying back no, but I was, the, I was thinking maybe because there is all these news articles about this American Ardian just had an article about uh, these foreign like legions arriving in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So no, if no, you're those ones for sure, course, yes, they're Ukrainian. No, no, uh, sorry, I yeah, I don't mean to put them, but yeah. But even that, I mean, a that's not something I would do, but that's maybe because I'm no, a coward. Me too. Um, but that's what like I'm kind of wrapping. And my head around like yeah i guess it's i i i gladly become an officer and order (laughs) other men to go go from outside the country (laughs) though still (laughs) from hopefully from a safe headquarters in a a capital city where i can negotiate my own rescue but yeah yeah, so there's a lot of this and i guess we arrived to this point by saying that the zelensky narrative and this narrative of you know standing up for ukraine and all this resonates with both ukrainians when it's directed towards them and with europeans but of course the european ones is much more flimsy and and made up i mean yeah even ukrainian one i don't know i mean if you're in that war you might be and let me just one other thing that's been you know that this is completely unrelated to this and this really gets on my nerves and i guess maybe i'm going to sound a bit harsh on the russian soldiers but i don't even think it's true which since day one they keep on saying that you know 
the Russian soldiers are demoralized. You know, they've been demoralized. I'm like, if they've actually been demoralized, that's kind of their fault. Because, okay, I'm just being a bit harsh. But because, listen, it's been a month. They went from Russia, which has similar weather conditions, to Ukraine, right? It's not like they're fighting on top of Mount Everest right now, right? Like, you see, it's like cities and stuff. So the weather can't be that bad. I mean, I don't know what's like in Russia, Ukraine right now, but I don't think it's like no, it can be that minus 20 sure. Quebec weather right now. I mean, maybe I guess it's worse than that. So yeah, I mean, okay. So then they point out that there's been some issues with their logistics and food, but I'm assuming there's enough food going around for the Russian soldiers right now. So yeah, it's not even the Russian soldiers saying that. It's like other people saying that about Russian soldiers. And if it is true, like, like I said, I'm a coward, but come on. Like, it's been a month. I mean, you know, the Americans were yeah, fighting yeah. for 20 years and you never heard any <laughs> of them getting demoralized, apparently. Oh, but come these on, guys, no, since even, day you know. one, the Russians didn't win it, the I, war on I, the second day, which is like, apparently like, okay, oh, you had two days, you didn't yeah, win the war. That's, that's insane. Yeah. And then demoralized. No, no, I, I completely... <laughs> I completely agree with you, but I also remember British and Americans after they invaded Afghanistan immediately. Everybody, went, oh, the soldiers, they don't have enough body armor. The helicopters are not as nice as they should be. I mean, it's just, I find the military, man, it's so funny. I feel like military is just filled with the biggest. <laughs> pansies and cowards out there everywhere in the world they're like oh like what did you think you're signing up for like i'm sorry but with the russian case at least they're conscripts so they didn't sign up for shit they were forced into it and yeah i don't believe most like yeah and it's not even clear if that narrative comes from them i mean where did they get that yeah exactly guardian every day guardian has become like yes two other russian journalists say they cannot tolerate this oh this let me tell you something campaign. oh my they walk god away. Sam, Sam, oh, Sam, Sam. two soldiers there are reports of generals being upset at let me stop you right eating there eating their soup let me stop you right there so you know sometimes i you know i say like okay this person changed their mind at least i give them credit that you know they changed their mind now and now they're seeing it the right way whatever for some example and you're like Come on, are you joking? How could you have not known that since day one? You know, how naive can you be? Now, when it comes to these Russian (laughs) reporters quitting over this on TV, like, I mean, I think this isn't even the most outrageous thing that I've seen Putin (laughs) or the Russians do or or lie (laughs) or say. I mean, you know, so that I like I have no sympathy for these journalists. Like now it's like a 50-year-old person who's been like reporting since like the early 2000s on TV. Now this is the time that you picked up on this. I mean, you know, so like for instance, yeah, I can be telling the truth. Yeah, I can be much more lenient than you, you know, like if it's like a 26 year old and they've been doing this for five or six years, I'll be like, okay, fine. Like, let's say you were really naive and then at least you're still in the early stage of it all. You got it. But yeah, (laughs) you're doing this for 20 years and this is, you know, it's kind of like if Rachel Maddow or someone from Fox comes and says this, I'm like, come on, buddy. Like, you know, you've been doing this for 30 years. If a young person shows up and something like that, I guess I'll be more, yeah, I'll be more understanding. That's why I don't like most that's why I don't like most leakers as well. Okay, it's good. You said the leakers. For instance, Edward Snowden. For instance, Chelsea Manning. At least, you know, this happened early in their 
relatively in their life and career so for me that i can see more you know people can be naive people can change people can make mistakes relatively like chelsea manning she was um relatively young so is edward snowden but yeah some of these ones you know they've been doing this for 30 years 18 year adults yeah, I agree. I know that, but that's a technical. I'm trying yeah, to yeah, explain. Yeah, yeah. It. I, know, I know. I'm trying to explain. Yeah, 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 or yeah. how fair I enough, see it. But, Sorry for But these guys, like, come on. No, go back no, and I, do that job. You, I would respect you more if you <laughs> went back and did the, your usual your old job. Did you Did you watch the Abby Martin interview? She claimed yeah. that the lady who get, got all the credit for yeah. quitting on her, she claimed that she was like, basically, this was the whole thing was a publicity is done mm-hmm. and she was telling her a couple of months before she's been contacted with this group to quit and all that so yeah i, I yeah that's all a show and they should really fuck i mean i don't know like when you work for a state television or when you work for CNN for your whole life <laughs> or cnn what the fuck do you think yeah. you're doing oh my it's kind of reminds me of the people who uh like oh because of trump i can't be part of republican party yeah. or i can't be part of fox news oh God fuck off yeah. you you're worse than them you're really genuinely worse because all you care about is fucking etiquette and you're nothing you're genuinely like the lowest of lives uh, I, I agree with you and the only caveat i add is like you know, no it's fine i could still and the only caveat i'll add again is that for me i do take into consideration for how long they've been doing that and then through that i'll be like okay you know fine you know you just joined as an intern two years ago and in your second year of being like you know a real job you already kind of change your mind and so i'll give you the benefit of the doubt let's say but yes yeah, some of these guys man yeah <laughs> anyway continue but but let, let me just read the actual news ukraine suspends 11 political parties with link to russia zelensky says parties such as victor med when chung Chuk's opposition platform for life are aimed at division or collusion. And I just, it was slightly controversial maybe for us. Like, I don't, I'm not even surprised. I'm not even, I don't think, I, I'm not even blaming Zelensky for this. I know one of the parties is the biggest opposition party. I'm not even, like, that's the thing, like when wars happens, a lot of shit goes down that is not normal in normal times. But this pretends that Ukraine being this part of a cradle of democracy while russia is this den of monsters include mostly putin monster mm-hmm. uh, like they are the same they are both two extremely corrupt democracies with different gangs of oligarchs like saying oh you know i really like italian yeah. mafia but the corsican mafia those guys mm-hmm. are yeah. assholes but the italian mafia they're not like what's the fucking difference like who gives? Yeah, it's and of course, as so per annoying. usual, your context and your situation leads to do leads to you behaving differently, and yeah, you know the constants because yeah. your action Good being different, or- different sizes as well, right? Like you know, Russia or the U.S. can can you know commit a lot action bigger and crimes and, and pop- everything, bigger scale. Yeah. Everywhere, as Ukraine or the president of Ukraine, his hands are much more tied, you know, given the resources and the size <laughs> and the situation and all that. Yeah, I, I want to commit a genocide, but, but like I said, I mean, you know, <laughs> once the Russia Ukraine stuff are bad, I'm just gonna be like, I'm gonna start a website that's gonna monitor, like, you know, any anybody being racist or like anything towards Ukrainian because I'll be like, 
what happened? I remember <laughs> three months ago, you're going on my website, strike one. <laughs> I just hope that stays, you know, that's something good well, that's emerged, that kind of solidarity. If, if somebody criticizes love. If somebody criticizes Ukrainian cuisine, fuck you, you're racist, you're pro-Russian, Putin puppet. <laughs> I just don't like this food. <laughs> no. Exactly. I mean, you know, you, yeah. You know, I yeah, just right. hope they maintain this, this behavior. I mean, I'm not joking or anything. Anyway. Really? No, come on, man. What the fuck? What is this? I don't like it. I want to make fun of, ev- I hope we all can make fun of every nation equally. including my own equal yeah, <laughs> yeah equal equal prejudice no i'm just talking about the people you know literally like people you know i never just yeah, knew yeah. that western europeans in general is cared about cared like as <laughs> much that's... or Matt, from what i recall from living in the uk british yeah. people didn't really <laughs> mind anybody They except like French and Polish. Those <laughs> were the most like main targets. Like Indians, we love them, but yeah. you know, like Polish. So yeah, suddenly Ukrainians are such dear. Uh, so uh, as the guy said, the Canadian guy said it best. Sort of, sort of a European country. <laughs> Never get over yeah. it. Relatively European, relatively, relatively civilized. <laughs> But yeah, so they banned. So going back to the story, and the Hill covered this that they, you know, that they outlawed and banned these eleven leftist well, parties, which to me to also, this. yeah, it descended into a family fight. I feel. <laughs> but wait, but hold on. Anything else to say about this particular news item? I mean, like you, I don't find no, it surprising no. at all that no, they would no. take advantage at this time to get rid of. It's not even taking advantage. Parties. I'm sure there there may be serious security. Like mm-hmm. every nation that is usually involved, they yeah, you either go for a unity government or they tend to ban parties that or have a soft stance to it. It's not. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it's not unusual. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like surprised by it. Yeah. But I'm saying don't pretend Ukraine is this sort of uh, like a, a, you know Switzerland yeah. referendum like land. Uh, it's really like it's just childish. Well, no, yeah, for sure. feel, the hypocrisy no. is is yeah, on display I, big time there. Yeah, but I don't have anything to add on this. Yeah. So then thing. why don't you set up the rest? What happened? So Kim tried to, you know, told this news and everything. <laughs> but then what did she say? She said something that just triggered Ryan and Robbie. And then the conversation no, was she, like she gone was, from there. Oh, I remember. She, she, she was, was talking saying about that, the negotiations. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead, sir. No, I mean, from based on what I remember, she just kind of said that, you know, uh, like we also here in the U.S., we also, you know, don't allow any kind of dissent and all this. And that's what really triggered Robbie and Ryan. No, that, from yeah, that, that was first one. But then she sort of backed off of that, that they, she was like, yeah, same in the, sort of in the U.S. And they were like, no, U.S. is definitely better. And they're right. But yeah. They, they, the mistake is don't think U.S. is better because there are better ideas or because the Constitution better or any of that. It's better because there's more money. When there's more money and there's more security for the elite, they let you. Like in, in, every, in Russia, like when Putin's position was less stable, he allowed less, uh, he allows less uh, freedom of speech, for example, during war times. When his position is completely stable, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. 
So that's, that's the reason. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. But then the main argument came when she was sort of saying that, you know, there is these negotiations between Russia and Ukraine and Ukraine is not negotiating in good faith. And they're sort of on there. They say that they negotiate in good faith. They go to Russians and they. I think she didn't represent her arguments well. She got distracted by sort of getting into this whole thing about um, is Russia justified in their attack mm-hmm. or not but i think her point was which she didn't get to make and it was a good point that ukrainians prop we don't that's the thing we don't know but from some of the reports it seems sometimes ukrainians are doing a standstill like you know they do like what iran used to do in negotiations and like you know you just go and announce we will never back away from our rights we will these or our, our borders, these are our inalienable, you know, it's not really negotiations. Mm-hmm. You're just proclaiming some shit and then going back home. So that's, I think, the point she was trying to make. But then the way she was making it was that, you know, as if the Russians are all good faith actors acting rationally while Ukrainians aren't. And I think, but then it just, she kept talking about the fact that they your family. I yeah, don't, hold on. So let me just actually, you said this because I just played this. Chopped up yeah. two clips, two different ones. I'll just put them together. Yeah, that was really quick. But yeah, I got distracted by that. I feel like everybody <laughs> in that segment got distracted by something. Me was her yeah. constant thing of them being yeah, cousins, cousins and related. What I'm here. saying is that Russia and Ukraine are neighbors and they're related. They're literally related. They have family going back and forth between country to country. So they need to be nice and, and work on good relations with their neighbor. Go to the table and actually negotiate with their cousins. And I meant that literally. People need to remember that this is more akin to a civil war than it is one country just wanting to take another country. These people are related. Again, Putin's own goddaughter is a Ukrainian. And, you know, she did say like 11 million Ukrainians have like families in Russia. And then her second example was that so Putin's, what? yeah, Putin's daughter-in-law is Ukrainian. So then she said, so this is more like a civil war, which again, I don't understand the point of that. Like the point being that like, you know, because they're they're nearby no, their not. family and the, no, nothing should not. happen but like i mean you know you can you don't yeah, like to compare just... like macro things to micro things but you know she she brought up family and all this you know people have horrible relations people try to kill their parents i mean people <laughs> like don't speak yes. to their siblings for cousins? for decades uh, and cousins I mean, don't wait, even i mean, that's, I mean cousins is like it can both be close or it can be an absolute stranger <laughs> Or or legal legal proceedings <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> triggered against like uh, first of all, okay, let's on a okay, on a philosophical humanistic level, yes, exactly. Like what are you talking about? Like this idea that you know, oh their family, most families hate each other, they can't yeah. even stand the Christmas time is equal to for or Thanksgiving is pretty much equal to living hell. So that's one. Secondly, what again, like, have you like any look at Roman history, look at Persian history, look at Egyptian history? If pretty much all the wars was like, yeah, there was a cousin who yeah. wanted to get the other cousin out or brother or sister. So I don't get this. Oh, their cousins are sisters and brothers. They have to have good relations. What are you like, talking about? France and Britain, like the royal families were related, but they fucking hated mm-hmm. each other and tried to... When Iran and Iraq war, man, when Iraq attacked Iran, they 
place they attacked was Arab, Arab populated mm -hmm. with many people from the similar tribe or same tribe as the people on the other side of border on Iraq. Like this, what or, she, like this is not novel. This is or not, like she said, uh, there are civil wars, <laughs> which are like you know, literally people from the oh, same civil country. War is different. Where many are related. No, I'm just saying she gave the example of. So I'm yeah, just, yeah, many. You know, there are civil wars despite people, um, yeah. you know, being related and knowing each other. You know? I, I I just don't, didn't understand what was even bringing that point was but about she like over and over again i don't think we're like yeah i know what, what, what was it what was the point what was the point okay, kind of about funny. the nato over <laughs> yeah it was it was definitely <laughs> funny but it was just like, i don't get it like we're cousins yeah yeah which i uh, put your put your tie on the other side of the microphone if you can Side. yeah like i think it's like rubbing a bit against the microphone side or you can even try tying it on your actual tie like clipping it on your yeah, tie maybe that's what robbie swell i think that's yeah maybe do that now today it's cousins but yeah so there was that that was hilarious i don't know if you want to i can talk about the cousin <laughs> thing again and again and again but i don't have anything to say Another... have you had a war with your cousin <laughs> have you been involved in a fight with your cousins or your brothers call us at 555 <laughs> so that was funny then the second thing that they really i mean like i said once she was done giving her news part it totally turned into ryan Grimm and robbie versus her and the conversation was like the quality was lower than this conversation you're seeing here and it was very similar to our talks but then the second thing that they really like you know got her but you kind of come to defense so she goes and I think I agree with you because she said, you know, you can't keep on poking the bear and expect and not expect anything. Yeah, so the bear funny. being Russia and Robbie and Russia. Yeah, it was <laughs> Robbie goes Robbie. Like, but Russia's not a bear. It's a nation. <laughs> <laughs> but you're yeah, right. It's a bit unfair. But it was unfair. These, but if she had made like, you know, points that kind of made sense and then led to that yes, analogy, I know, I know. it's just that it was so babu all over the place and then she just took the was, bear was. and he just he like yeah his no, timing hey, issue was amazing she, uh, yeah his timing was just perfect for the joke like she's not a bear no the problem with her argument it's was the same with the cousin thing she kept repeating it it's a metaphor and should only be used once yeah. because metaphors have this dangerous thing and but, but what before with yesterday when we talked, I said it was unfair because I think they knew what she was saying. She wasn't <laughs> saying, you know, that Russia is like, you know, like uh, aggressively like all that. She was saying that, you know, when you threaten the nation's interest, they're going to react. But it was timing wise, I admit. It was joke. Yeah. I mean, if I was in that group or stuff, I probably would have done the same. I couldn't have controlled myself. I would have just, uh, you know, gone for the thing. Yeah, that, that was really funny. But that was an amazing segment. <laughs> that was just great. That was just... Man, and I he's not a bear. <laughs> I, I don't think we're going to... I don't think we're going to cover this story later on. So maybe I'll just mention it now. Although it's not Russia, Ukraine. There was the other hilarious part on the hill where this person came, this reporter from The Intercept that was talking about the Wuhan leaks. And everything is going... Sorry, not the leak. Um, the... Like whether COVID came from a lab or from the animal. No, thing. I know, I know. I'm just yeah, done an investigation. That it? It, it was this lady reporter from the Intercept. 
So the story oh, was yeah. quite boring, if you ask me. I was like half following. I don't even know. Mm. Everything's oh, going yeah, yeah. Uh, until the oh. last 20 seconds where she kind of mentioned North Carolina. But for some reason, she said she doesn't want to follow that lead. Like, it's not a good one. And Kim is like, so you're going to follow that. You're going to be a journalist and follow that lead. And he's like, no, it's not good. No. And then for 20 seconds, it was like the most awkward. The most intense. Yeah, that's a huge implication if it did potentially come out of North Carolina rather than Wuhan. And I think we should be investigating no. both leads, right? No, no, I don't believe it came out of the university. Well, I, mean, I, I don't think that's on the table. So, you know, so you're not even going to investigate that. I mean, that seems strange to me that you've got a guy who's saying that his colleague maybe actually did do this sort of research in order to get the grant money. And you're not going to even follow that lead. He was saying that Barrick's lab. So Barrick was the one who who wrote that part of the proposal and who proposed doing that work. To me, it's unclear where the work happened. And actually, I would right. cut right. So if it's unclear, then I'm, I'm not. I, no, no. Everything had gone so, so well for that lady until then. <laughs> yeah. No, that video was about the fact that one of the scientists that answers questions kept pushing some of the answers yeah. to other people and stuff. And then Kim just went, uh, well, first of all, the lady who was answering kept just saying, look, I don't subscribe to any theory. I'm not a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. I don't know about the lab. I don't know about the thing. She was very careful. Like she was clearly scared of yeah. Like being associated. And then Kim just at the end went, well, it would be quite interesting if it turns out it's from North Carolina. <laughs> and then she just went to the, the journalist from yeah. said, Well, I like to point out, I don't think that, I don't think that's likely. Ah, ah. You're right. And then, yeah, it just became very intense with like Kim going, So you're, you're not a journalist? You're just, just going to follow up on the, you know, Carolina is not a. Right. Here's a tip to anyone. Make sure you watch the full hill segment because you don't know where the gems are hidden. I mean, this was yeah, literally so the last 20 the seconds. This one, yeah, just suddenly in the end went full on. Like it's the hill is great because you yeah. get the setup of MSNBC or CNN, but then always you get 20 seconds of somebody, either <laughs> Ryan Graham or Robbie or Kim, just suddenly losing it. And yeah. Just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> no like i said they've done a really good job with putting those three together everyone yeah. has something you know <laughs> there's a little bit of everything to keep people happy exactly all right sam let's continue here so i see that we also have um scott ritter i think i'm saying his name correctly who yeah. went on the gray zone and vijay prashad who went uh who spoke katie halper so that one i watched the whole thing but the scott ritter one to be honest i just watched parts of it yeah, Scott Ritter, I think we discussed what was his argument. His argument was mainly that, you know, the fact that Russians are not advancing and having relatively high casualties is part of their strategy because they want to basically make Zelensky make a deal with them because he has the necessary legitimacy. It was quite fun. It was, you know, relatively relaxed. It was super long. I, I kept thinking it's going to finish. And then Aaron Matto was like, okay, another question. <laughs> <laughs> so... About this region called Pustanka, Pustanka. <laughs> there are two people reporting from Pustanka. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. And so it was good fun. Uh, and yeah, I, I, to be honest, it's interesting that his take is out there, but it's really annoying in a sense that I, I just, I, I like, you, like literally, you don't know who to believe or who mm. to like. 
no, like literally, if I want to be honest, just Ukrainian work could be finished, and I don't know. <laughs> like, like it's yeah. just like everybody's give, giving a different analysis, and there is some justification to some. I find his to be quite good, but he gave a lot of historical stuff about Iraq and his time as well as and sort I, of example. I think he also said like an interesting stat which I mean, I mean, I think he said it, and if it's true, that's good, which is like, I believe like only like 1% or like a higher percent of something of the casualties have been civilians. And then he contrasted that oh, really? to like I the don't... normal percentage that is usually civilians at wars, which is much higher. So I found that to be interesting. It kind of supports the narrative of, you know, not because they're good people or like not because they have good intentions, but the Russian army is trying its best not to have too many civilian casualties or deaths. But I think he said that, but maybe I'm mistaken. But yeah, yeah no, no I, you're I, right, I, though. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's really unclear exactly. Like, you know, like, yeah, I think we won't know until maybe if some kind of deal happens and then they really, both Ukrainian side and the Russians, they come out and together and kind of say, who got which part a little bit i guess that could clarify a little bit really what advancements have really been made but yeah 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 that's but i recall syria was the same thing like i remember syria i once told you about this and you i don't know if but i remember like people specifically being like syria so hard to get news and stories out of syria even like even cnn and stuff were barely were not even there so we weren't even getting that side of the story so just pretty much nothing Whereas the Iraq war, no, I don't remember was... hearing that being said. You know, people felt I, like that a decent I, no, idea I, or I, Yemen. I think it was no, even I think it's to do mostly with the fact that Iraq war was still in an era where mainstream or whatever had some legitimacy mm. or had some cachet among the people. Now everybody just watches, uh, like whoever they like or you know it's just it's yeah. completely just broken down it's just nobody trusts anybody <laughs> like, my cousin told me ukraine is winning so <laughs> oh, good. and i yeah. hate my cousin <laughs> okay now i believe you <laughs> it's, yeah so yeah no it's like you know can you, you can't trust the russian government yeah. you can't trust the ukrainian government you can't trust the american government so what are you left with like nothing yeah and then so yeah i don't know if we have much about him to say then vijay prashad i mean if i recall he didn't even really talk too much about what is really going on in in ukraine between russia and ukraine he was more about kind of uh you know just talking about what americans have done nato did in libya and that kind of stuff and then the one or two interesting western values oh well, my main the thing he said West it shows that Western values are in the switch. Mm. If I'm if I'm quoting him correctly, Maybe the fact that. that you know the racist coverage of Ukraine and yeah. the fact you know Yemen, but then I have to say like what about like I that's why I hate East West thing. Like what is going on in like is like what is Saudi Arabia is doing with all its money or. Uh, like, did they ever invite Palestinians in? Did the Kuwaitis ever, or Iranians, whoever? Like, what if, like, this East and West, oh, the values of the West. What, what, when did East, East, the only difference between East and West is that East was just the forerunner in the fucking empire and exploitation business. They just did it earlier. 
So they exhausted their resources. So this idea like Western values, there is no Western or Eastern values, there is no values. These are all goddamn nation states and political organizations trying to benefit. Like, I don't, like, what is this expectation from, like, I don't, I'm sorry, but it's just this humanist, idealist, uh, yeah, really I mean, just annoys me. Just yeah, what do you expect right. I mean, them to do? You know, like in Lebanon, they took in like, well, they took in millions of Syrian refugees a lot. But you know, there you also hear that. I don't think that, they were they were ha- happy about it. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Forced, like Iranians yeah. are forced to, like Americans are forced to get Mexicans. You know, nobody like they're not happy about it. Yeah. It's just, and, you know, if you talk about, yeah, I mean, you can talk about values in India. You, you hear that, you know, the main political parties the and all of them very exactly, valuable. very much against, uh, you know, apparently they say all kinds of horrible stuff about um, Muslims and all this. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is everywhere. Well, yeah, Muslims, uh, t- untouchables, the mm-hmm. lowest caste in Hinduism, who's only allowed to fucking clean toilets and sh- with this Eastern or Western or there are humanity has no values. Humanity is in it for food and sex. That's it. There's nothing else. Just get over it. And when it comes to nations, that is absolutely true. I mean, once we talk about nations and political behavior and actions. Yeah, there was that. I mean, that's not the one that caught my attention. One thing that caught my attention. I just don't get it sometimes, Katie, why it is that the West has such a superior um, ability to shape public opinion globally. It's not just because you know, CNN and Western media and so on. I think they take this stuff more seriously. They are more sophisticated in the way they do this. You know, I just think that these other countries are amateurs in 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 the in in getting their views across. You know, they, they just don't seem to know how to do it. Um, you know, the Russians, the Chinese and others, they, they just are on the back foot all the time. Um, the West has really had a hundred year advantage in driving a, a narrative. And because of this international division of humanity, um, there's a way in which they have enormous consent inside their own societies that journalists, friends of mine will say, always say, you know, we were reporting the Syria war in, in, from Beirut and you'd meet them and they'd say things like, you know, I wish Obama did something because the assumption, default assumption, even of relatively critical mm-hmm. journalists is that the United States is a benevolent power. Um, the default assumption and, you know, it's like you wish Obama did something. What do you want him to do? Right. What does the United States government do in this situation? It bombs the hell out of civilians. That's what it does. I used to think about this a lot. So um, I think I'll try playing the clip right now, which is he talks about how uh, like the US, the West, like Western countries, they seem to, you know, really be strong in the cultural influence and really selling their narrative. And that this is very important in influencing people around the world. And this is something I always used to think about and be like, you know, China, even when they become far more powerful and, you know, the the economy becomes bigger. I just can't see a day where people will easily believe their narratives as easily as, you know, the U.S. or European countries are able to sell their narratives across the world. Which people? Huh? Which people? Which people Chinese meaning? Chinese people or foreign people? No, like the Chinese government being able to, you know, no, being able to uh, Which people accept their narrative? Their own, local, their own people or globally the people of yeah, other Like, you know, you, you, like, you know, let's take the Russia-Ukraine one, right? Like, it seems like, although not 
we talk about how like in the East, there's a different reaction to the East of Ukraine. There's a different reaction towards the Russia-Ukraine war. But even that in separate pockets, I mean, you know, you talk about how in Iran, they seem to be quite on the Ukraine side, people and stuff. So this ability, yeah. So this ability of of the US and European countries to influence like middle, the middle class's point of view across the world, kind of, they seem to have it. And the Chinese, you just can't imagine that they will ever reach a potential place that they would even have that. So I used to think about that a lot. But nowadays, I think about like, is it really that is that really even that important, you know, whether they can sell their narratives and how well they sell their narratives? And yeah, what role did that play? Because yeah, so I kind of agree with Vijay Prashad, but and I used no, to think I, about I, that I, a lot, but perhaps it's not as important as we make it out to be. It's just that the Americans and Europeans have also money. I don't know. Go ahead. No, I agree with you. First of all, I agree that Americans right now, man, or Western powers, whatever we want to call them, are the best at it. Se- Secondly, I agree with you that it's not even that important, I think, in terms of geopolitics. Thirdly, I would say, no, I disagree with you. I think China will. Like, you think so? First of all, yeah, I think definitely so. Because for already, the highest grossing movies globally are a couple of last two years have been Chinese, like Wolf Warrior and all that. Already Hollywood even editing its movies adding scenes for china but that's for china I, though though that's that that's different no, so i'm saying wait, china wait, 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 being wait. able to no. sell its narratives externally no, right now we talk about rocky we talk about running man we talk about the predator we talk about all these 80s movies but those 80s movies or star wars like when they happen at that moment they weren't like everybody across the universe was talking about them and had this global middle class appeal so China is just starting to create its cultural footprint on the global middle class with action movies and Matt Damon doing a Chinese wall movie or some shit. So this is just the beginning or let's say 1960s, 1970s of them. Give them 20 years, mm-hmm. definitely, I think. I, and and Perhaps, the middle, global but... middle class and, and global middle class is going to look very different in terms of global middle yeah. class is going to be mostly of Chinese origins or of East Asian origins, it's going to be have different values to the middle class that was, uh, you know, uh, was existent in Europe and maybe in Middle East to a lesser extent. You know, it's going to be a whole different thing. So, yeah, I think definitely they're going to have the same appeal. Perhaps, you know, I was just, it just yeah, it, yeah. I mean, maybe they have like a, you know, maybe they're in a more challenging situation, though. How about that? Because Let's say like at least the Americans, you know, they have a language that is spoken, you know, in a lot of places around the world. They have a culture that's been spread more throughout the Europeans, you know, much more commonly and much more widespread. Like, you know, we talk about this sometimes, like the understanding of religion in China is quite different and all this. So maybe they just have, you know, they just have a it just might be more challenging for them. To, to replicate or reach course, the right American now, Hollywood level. No, right but yeah, I get now, what you're saying. It could change. No, but, but 200 years ago, it was far more challenging for Americans because they were an upstart nation while China mm. was already an established empire. So no, I don't. I mean, I, it's more challenging, but I don't see any problems with them succeeding at it. And, uh, you know, like... Uh, 
like uh, you know most english speakers in the world are in india uh, you know mm. it's a whole, I, I don't know i like especially america in my view that's why i hate when one of the reasons why i hate people call america empire america is like the it's not even it's like the closest thing to the mongolian empire mm. like it leaves like it just goes places and leaves no cultural footprint accepts 